Thank you for choosing to spend some of your precious time with us. Today on the Cat Podcast, we'll take a look at the world of mediums and mediumship through the eyes of a medium. I'll highlight any episodes that are related to mediumship with a headline in the show notes, A Medium's Life, so that if you're interested primarily in this subject matter, you'll be able to easily find all the episodes related to mediums and mediumship. Now stay tuned for some insight and stories about the very real healing power of afterlife communication. Welcome to The Cat, a podcast about consciousness, awareness, and transcendence. I'm Julia Marie, and I invite you to join me as we explore the world that lies beyond what we perceive with our physical senses. We are hardwired for multidimensional experiences, yet most of us go through life unaware of this ability. The cat invites you to undo your human conditioning so that you can realize your full potential as a human being and learn to live from the inside out. Follow us on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. Stay with me now as we investigate the multidimensional landscape of cat together. In recent years, there's been a real upsurge in curiosity about what happens after we pass and the possibility of communication with people living on the other side of life in general. On this episode of The Cat, we'll examine some of the biggest myths and misconceptions about mediums and mediumship first. Then you'll hear some creative ways with examples about how the spirit world reaches across the veil to let us know they're still with us, and the effort they make to continue to stay involved in our lives. In the final segment, I'll read you a story I wrote The book is entitled The Last Breath, True Stories of Mediumship, the Afterlife, and Messages from Heaven, and is available on Amazon. So let's start with those myths and misconceptions. The first common misconception is that a psychic and a medium are the same thing. That's technically not true. A psychic accesses information from a person's aura, while a medium makes a direct telepathic connection with the people living on the other side of life. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Let me repeat that because it's important. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Here's the way it works. Imagine a layer cake. The layer on the bottom is your ordinary consciousness. The next layer is the level of the psychic. The top layer on this cake of consciousness, well, that's mediumship and a medium travels through the psychic layer to access the mediumship layer of this cake. So there are two different channels or layers. The information a psychic provides you about your loved ones will usually be coming from your auric field, and as a person who might be seeking to make a connection with your loved ones, it's important you understand this. Let's say, for example, you're in an energy healing session with someone and they tell you one of your loved ones is there with you. If this person is not familiar with the subtle difference between perceiving information contained in your energy field and becoming aware of a loved one in spirit that might be there with you, they might believe they're connected to that person, but they're actually relaying information about your loved one that's contained in your energy field. This might not be intentional on the part of that person. If they haven't had formal mediumship training, they may not know there is a difference. So as a consumer, what is one thing you might want to ask people who say they can speak with your loved one? That's right. 
Have you had any formal training with an experienced medium? And don't be afraid to ask some follow-up questions like how long have you been working as a medium? Or where can I find some testimonials about your sessions? Just as you do your due diligence when choosing a doctor, counselor, or other professional, I'd encourage you to do some research when setting an appointment with a medium. And don't overlook those personal recommendations from people you know and trust. That's always one of the best ways to find a good fit for you. Myth number two, the switch is always on, or to say it another way, the channel is always open. This is not true. The medium is in charge of the communication, and this aspect of the process is more about volume control than it is an on-off type situation, at least in my experience. The more sensitive a medium becomes, the less effort it takes for the people on the other side to make their presence known. So the medium has to be more conscious of what their volume level is set at and keep it turned way down unless they're actively working. Now, when a medium is newly open to spirit communication, the issue is usually one of not being able to control the input. Training can help you with this. Another aspect of this particular myth is that the medium can be out and about, and if people know they're able to speak with loved ones on the other side, those people may often expect the medium to instantly dial up their loved ones. Perhaps you have this idea because of some of the TV shows where the medium gives impromptu readings for people they encounter. Spoiler alert, those are most often not surprise readings. There are certain pre-filming protocols that need to be followed when a show like that is made. And frankly, that's not how most mediums work. We're not puppets, nor are we at the total mercy of the people in spirit. We have a regular life to tend to in addition to our work as a medium. Spirit doesn't clean house, mow the lawn, or shop for groceries after all. And besides, when I'm getting my hair cut or my nails done, I just want to relax and enjoy myself. I don't want to work. Now, if there's a real need from the spirit side and I become aware of it, that's a different story. Misconception number three. Psychics. Well, I prefer the term intuitive, so that's what I'll use moving forward. And mediums are special, and only a few people are able to communicate in this way. Well, after 20 years of work as a professional reader and medium, and over a decade teaching others how to do what I do, here's my perspective. Everyone is intuitive, and everyone can learn to connect with their loved ones and spirit. Do you need special training to connect with your loved ones? No. You only need to learn how they are reaching out to you, because you can be sure they are. If you want to offer yourself as a medium to the public, I encourage you to seek a competent mentor and teacher. There are certain things you need to learn about and be aware of if you want to be a good medium, and the field itself is always changing. Now, it's my belief, as I said earlier, that everyone's intuitive, that we all have this connection, that we're born with this connection to spirit. Remember when you were a child? You probably had an invisible friend. And when you told an adult about your experience, you were likely told, that's not real, that's just your imagination. How most of us responded was by shutting down. We closed off this part of ourselves from our conscious awareness. Now, the mediums or psychics who say they were born with it and that it ran in the family probably lived in a house where their experiences were validated and supported. 
Some of us go through an awakening process later in life, and these senses open again. The loss of someone close to us will often cause an awakening to happen as well. The bottom line with this one is, and I say it all the time, I am just like you. The only difference between me and you is I've invested considerable time and effort in honing my abilities. I continue to seek new opportunities to practice different aspects of my mediumship, and I keep pushing myself so I can be a better communicator for people on the other side. And I know this much is true when it comes to spirit. There is always more. So there's always more to learn, more room to grow. So there you have it. The three biggest misconceptions or myths people have about mediums and mediumship. After a short break, I'll be back to talk about some of the creative ways your loved ones use to let you know they're still with you and are still interested in what's going on in your life. going to open this next section talking about the creative ways our loved ones reach out to let us know they're still with us. Have you ever been sitting in your living room and the lights start to flicker when there's no reason for it? Or your family pet, most often the dog, is sitting in the kitchen looking at empty air? Or it looks like they're tracking something moving around the room when there's nothing obviously there? Do you catch a whiff of a familiar scent? Usually smoke, perfume, or a favorite food, when you're walking from one part of the house to the other, your loved ones are trying to get your attention, to let you know they're okay, or they're showing up to support you. The manipulation of electricity and electrical appliances is one of the easiest for people in spirit to work with. Why, you might ask? Because electricity is highly charged and so are the spirit people. Flickering lights Issues with your electronics, including your TV, computers, phones, radios, and appliances are often signs from spirit side. Could be your car, too, by the way. It's not uncommon for someone to receive a text on their phone from their person who's now living on the other side of life. Or let's say you get in your car to head to work, and when you start the car, the song you danced to with your husband at your wedding is playing. You woke up missing him this morning, and this is his way of letting you know He hasn't gone anywhere. Most importantly, watch for patterns and repetition. This is how you'll know for sure it's a message from spirit. And pay attention to what young children, usually toddler age, have to say. They don't have the kind of filters we do. They're more open to impressions from the other side. So when your young person starts talking to grandma or about grandma, believe them. If they're scared, then reassure them their grandmother isn't here to frighten them. Often, your toddlers will pass on a message from your departed loved ones without censoring it, so listen up when they start talking about what Grandpa said. And dreams, especially right after your loved ones have passed, is one of the most popular ways they let you know they're okay. You see, the dream world lives between our waking consciousness and the world of spirit. And while we sleep, We're free of the limitations of our conscious mind and more open to direct experience of the infinite. The spirit world lowers their vibration and we meet in the middle in the dream world. And when you have a dream about a loved one and it feels like they're right here with you, talking to you as if they were still here, it's not a dream. 
This special kind of a dream is known as a visitation. You've spent quality time with your loved one and they with you. One of the most common signs from our loved ones is coins. A coin or coins from the other side usually arrive in random or unusual places as a way to get your attention. The thing to watch for when you start seeing coins is, again, look for patterns. Are you only finding nickels? Is the date on the coin significant? Sometimes if you get quiet and hold that coin for a minute, you can feel if it's for you or not. One day when I was out shopping, I found a penny by the driver's side door of my car. That's usually a familiar sign my father's checking in with me, but when I bent over to pick it up, I had the strong impulse to leave it right where it was. This is not my penny. So I got in my car and mentally sent out the thought that if my dad was checking in, could he please leave another penny for me at one of my other stops that day? At the very next location, when I came out of the store and approached the car, I saw that there were three pennies on the ground by the driver's side of the car all of them face up, which is the way my father's pennies from heaven always get delivered. I knew they were for me, and when I picked them up, I could feel it too. Thanks, Dad. Billboards and other signs are often used as literal signals from the other side. This usually will happen right after you've sent out a thought about a loved one. Maybe you wish you could talk to your mom about a situation you're in, or you want to know what she thinks about a decision you need to make. The billboard or the street sign that draws your attention, the ad on the side of the bus that you see next, will generally give you an answer or clarity about the question you asked, especially if you've sent out the intent that you want to hear from your loved one. And with the upsurge of personalized license plates, your loved ones can bring you messages pretty quickly if you're paying attention. Usually you'll spot the license plate right after you've been thinking about your person in spirit. Now, the last sign I want to talk about is the unusual and often timely appearance or behavior of animals. The most common are birds and butterflies. I want to tell you one last story from a medium's perspective about how a spirit can influence us prior to a reading. One day, when I was getting ready for a reading, I had put on a dark-colored shirt. I'd made my way downstairs and was all set up, getting ready to open up the Zoom room when I felt the sudden urge to go back upstairs because I needed to change my shirt. Well, by this time, I've come to recognize that when I get those impulses, it's spirit pushing me in some way. So I went ahead and went upstairs and I looked through my closet and as I scanned my available tops, I kept getting drawn to one that was a solid pink. Okay, pink it is. I changed out from my dark colored shirt to this pink blouse, then went back downstairs. As I began to do this reading with this person, I mentioned the fact that I had to change my shirt before the appointment when we began the reading. And at the end of the reading, the woman mentioned that her son's favorite color was pink. I hope these stories help you if you've lost a loved one or if you're exploring ways you can build your connection with the spirit world. After this next break, I want to share a story about some of my encounters with spirit.
Remember when you were a child and you got read a bedtime story? Well, this is something like that. I'm going to read you part of my contribution to that book I mentioned earlier, The Last Breath, True Stories of Mediumship, The Afterlife, and Messages from Heaven. Chapter 21, The Face of Spirit. Once the people in spirit know you can perceive them, word travels fast on the other side. It started with a reading I gave at a metaphysical event in Denver, Colorado back in 2005. The woman I was reading for chatted and laughed as I drew images of her spirit guides and past lives on my pad of paper. And then, it happened. As I was finishing my drawing for her, a new image of a square-faced, curly-haired gentleman with twinkling eyes and a big smile showed up in my mind's eye. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do about this additional impression, but I couldn't ignore it. I tried to dismiss the image, but the persistent nudging continued. I knew it wasn't a past life, and I knew he wasn't a spirit guide. In the end, I felt compelled to add that man's broad face and wide smile to my drawing, even though I had no clue how he fit in. Apologizing profusely for the last-minute addition, I handed the drawing to her. She took one look at the man's smiling face and started crying. That's my father, she said, as the tears rolled down her face. Her heartfelt reaction caught me by surprise. I began to mindlessly pat her hand, attempting to comfort her as goosebumps cascaded through me. You see, I never wanted to become a medium. I just wanted to draw spirit guides and past lives and do intuitive readings. Within weeks of this experience in Denver, people started asking for the same thing. Please, can you speak with my departed loved one? People in the spirit world I've come to find enjoy having their portraits drawn, and it's a marvelous way to acknowledge them and the lives they lived here. I have a growing collection of faces that don't have a home, but I'm compelled to spend the time and energy drawing their portraits. I sit in the quiet, pad and pencil at the ready. My intention and the invitation to the people in spirit are always the same. Draw near to me now, show me your face, and I will do my part to help connect you with your loved ones here. Many of these portraits eventually find their way to their family, and some of them are drawn before I even meet the client. Once, when I was sitting in my spirit room, I asked if there was anyone who wanted recognition. I began drawing the portrait of an older white man, But right on the heels of that, I felt an irresistible surge of energy, and I watched myself quickly transform the drawing into the portrait of a powerfully built young black man. The urge to make the drawing was overwhelming, and I felt as if I were outside of myself watching myself work. That drawing sat in my notebook for almost two months. Then, when I was at the store where I do readings, a young woman walked in and booked a reading with me. I sensed her father's presence as soon as the reading started. He was coming through so strongly that even his daughter could point to where he was standing and we both got the shivers. As I began describing him, I realized that her father was the man I had drawn a portrait of two months earlier. When I showed her my drawing, she recognized her dad immediately. His passing had been sudden and violent and the family still worried that he had suffered, or that he was trapped in between worlds. It was healing for her to hear from him, to know that he was fine, and that he'd been greeted by his loved ones on the other side. 
She took his message to her family members along with the drawing I completed two months before our meeting. When people come for a reading, there's an opportunity to share what I've learned about the spirit world. Here are some of those things. No matter the circumstances of the passing, no one leaves this world without someone there to welcome them. And when a person talks about seeing some of their loved ones in the room with them when they're nearing the end of their life, it's not their imagination. People in spirit are waiting to walk your loved one home. My most unforgettable experience drawing spirit involves a mother on the other side with a deep desire to reconnect with her son. It began with an out-of-the-blue urge I had to apply for a metaphysical show in Minnesota. I wasn't very happy with the idea. Minnesota is a long way to travel when you live in Arkansas, but spirit never pushes me unless it's important. My reading sign-up list filled quickly, which was unusual for an unknown, out-of-town intuitive medium, especially at a show like this. I noticed a young couple who kept checking their place on the list, They had waited over two hours to see me. A sense of nervous anxiety started to build inside me. When their turn finally came, the young woman kissed her companion on his forehead, told him to have a good time, and walked away. The young man sitting across from me wore clean blue jeans and a long-sleeved plaid shirt. His expressive eyes seemed to hide something as he quietly asked to speak with a loved one in spirit. After a brief explanation from me about how the process works, I almost immediately sensed the presence of a woman who radiated an indescribable love for the young man sitting across from me. In my mind's eye, her face was gaunt, she had dark circles under her eyes, and a thin strand of hair peeked out from underneath the scarf tied on her head. I knew this woman was his mother, and that cancer had taken her life. As I told him of his mother's presence and difficult passing, his neutral expression remained fixed as he gave a slight, affirmative nod with his head. I could feel her desire to have me draw her picture for her son, so telepathically I asked her to show me herself when she was healthy. Immediately her face filled out, her eyes brightened, and she had a full head of dark hair. My pencil started to move across the paper as I relayed messages to her son. As the conversation continued, I kept making small adjustments to the way her hair framed her face and the expression in her eyes. He kept a straight face as she spoke about all the changes he'd recently done to the house, his mother's house, and how pleased she is with his efforts. She talked to him about their relationship and how much she loves him. She told him she spends a lot of time around him and that he needs to check the foundation on the corner of the front porch. Near the end of the session, his mother started talking about a picture of her that he always carries with him. She showed me an image of her face in a round, ornate frame. It felt like a big picture, and I wondered out loud how someone could carry such a large image with them. For the first time since sitting down for the reading, he broke out into a big grin. Would you like to see it, he asked. I nodded. Instead of reaching for his wallet, he stood up, turned around, and pulled his shirt up. A large tattoo of his mother's face, surrounded by an ornate frame of roses and words, covered his entire back. The drawing I'd made of her hair and the expression in her eyes matched the way she was depicted in the tattoo on this young man's back. 
Shocked by the resemblance, I said a bad word out loud. I will never forget the incandescent smile on that young man's face as he held the drawing of his beautiful mother in his hands, gazing at her face, a memento of the time he spent with her that day. As he was getting ready to leave, he asked if he could hug me, and it felt so right. His mother's energy built around me as I walked around the table to embrace him. No, it's not like Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Ghost. They don't jump inside a person. It's more like a density building as spirit's energy blends with mine, almost as if they're putting themselves over me like a glove. For a short, sweet moment, as I embodied her energy, a mother hugged her beloved son, and a son felt his mother's arms around him one last time. That's when I knew that this wonderful, beautiful mother was responsible for my unexpected trip to Minnesota. She wanted to connect with her son because she knew how much he needed to hear from her. I never wanted to be a medium. Today, I wouldn't want to be anything else. Thanks for listening to the Cat Podcast. We're committed to helping you live a more conscious, aware life and look forward to spending more time with you. If you're interested in learning more about how you can or likely already are making connections with your loved ones in spirit, please send a message to julia at juliamarie.us. I'd love to share my tips for personal mediumship with you. If you're feeling called to serve spirit as a medium yourself, please let me know as my Foundations of Mediumship class starts soon, and there is a wait list. 